Okay. Praise the Lord. Uh, let me ask, first of all, does everybody have an outline? If you don't have an outline, let us know right away. You need one here? You got one? Okay. I need one here? Good. Okay, as you know, we've been doing, we're uh, covering the book of Exodus. And uh, this week we come to a great topic. You'll enjoy it. It's called the Blood of the Covenant. And uh, the verse that we take the title from is that very first verse there. I think it would be real good for us to read it. So let's read Exodus 24, 8 together. Ready? Go. Yeah, so here is what? The blood of the covenant. Uh, and then I want you to read the next set of verses. That's Exodus 24, 4 and 5. How about we have the girls on 4 and the guys on 5. Uh, girls, you ready on 4? Go. Okay, and he sent Okay, so before we start on this little section here called the enactment of the law, I'd like you to circle some words. Uh, in Exodus 24, 8, circle the word blood. Okay, circle that word. And then in those next two verses, Four and five, circle the word altar. Circle the word 12 pillars, or two words there. And circle the word offerings. So we have blood, we have an altar, we have 12 pillars, and we have offerings. And these all are for the enactment of the law of God. So, you know, when you read these, when Moses enacted this law, it was in a way that is quite different from what we would expect. It's very different. Uh, instead of charging the people to observe the law of God, what does he do? Think about this. He's about to enact the law, and instead of, you know, our thought would be charge him, keep the law, you know. But what does he do? Builds an altar. In the enactment of the law, the first thing he does is build an altar. And then what's the next thing? Twelve pillars. And then what do the young men do? They offer burnt offerings. So you have an altar, you have pillars, you have offerings, and eventually in verse 8, which we put up there at the top, you have blood. So we have to wonder why for the enactment of the law are all these things involved in the, in the enactment of the law? Well, in A, it says building an altar... Well, I thought somebody's cell phone was really loud. <laughs> we must be hitting on a real important point here, right? <laughs> Sounds like somebody's wanting to get in, doesn't it? <laughs> oh, it's a phone. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
Right, let's try let's try to get our mind back in this outline if we can. All right, how about guys you read A and uh, what A says? Ready? Go. Okay, girls, could you do B? Okay, so uh, the altar always in the Bible signifies redemption. And uh, with redemption, you have termination and you have replacement there. And then the 12 pillars signify his people becoming a testimony. So after God's people are redeemed, they're terminated, and they're replaced with Christ, they become a testimony. And eventually in C, the most important part of this enactment is the blood. And uh, we already read the verse, but uh, we didn't, I don't think we read all of verse 8, so could you all read verse 8 under the blood for the enactment of the law? Ready, go. Okay, so what did he do with the blood? Think about where, where, did, where did he sprinkle that blood? He took the blood and he sprinkled it where? What does this have to do with the enactment of the law? Took the blood, sprinkled it on the people. Uh, and uh, so, you know, we, when we read the Bible, we always have to come to a point where we ask questions like, you have an altar, you have pillars, you have blood, but not just blood, but sprinkled on the people. Why? Why is the law enacted like this? Why did Moses enact the law like this? You have to consider why he enacted the law like this. And the answer is that Moses knew God's heart. This is real important to catch what I'm about to say. He knew his heart and he knew God's intention. And he enacted this law, now listen closely, not according to the intention of the people, but according to the intention of God. So what is the intention of God? Well, first of all, to understand the intention of God, you have to understand what it isn't. God's intention is not that his people would try to keep the law that was decreed. This might be a kind of a, a, a new thought to you, but you'll see as we get into this, you really see this was not his intention that the people keep the law. And there's a reason for this. And that is Moses knew because of sinfulness and the corruptness that's in man, man is not able to keep the law. And I don't have this verse on your sheet, but I, I, I pulled this verse out and I want you to listen carefully. This verse is Romans 8.3, just part of the verse. It says, for that which the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh. Let me read it again. For that which the law could not do and that it was weak through the flesh. And a little footnote from the Bible I was using, it's a real good footnote, it says this, man's body has been corrupted by Satan to become the flesh of death, and as such, listen to this, is incapable of keeping the law. So, Moses realized that. Moses realized these people, they're incapable of keeping the law. The problem was is that the people themselves didn't realize who they were and they presumed, yes, all that God has said we will do. And you see that in Roman rule two, 
the intention of God's people in receiving the law. This was their intention. It was this. And he took the book of the covenant and read it in the hearing of the people. And what did they say? Y'all read it. All. Okay, can I get a little more spirit? Can we turn up the amplification a little bit here? Okay, can we read it one more time? Ready? Uh, and I'm going to start it off. And he took the book of the covenant and read it in the hearing of the people. And they said... That was, that was the misguided intention of the people. Misguided. They really thought, because they didn't know themselves, they could keep the law. That was their misguided intention. And if you look at Roman numeral 3, we see what was God's intention in giving the law or decreeing the law. And two things. Number one, God gave the law so we could see who God is. And then number two, you know what the second thing is? So, so we could see who we are. So, you know, with, with A, it says to reveal what kind of God he is. Okay, you read the law, you know what you realize? He's righteous. He's holy. He's light. There's no darkness in him at all. He's love. You realize all these things. He's jealous. Just by reading the law, you realize this is the type of God we have. And so when they took that law and they put it into the ark, this is what they said, and into the ark you shall put what? The testimony that I shall give you. Eventually, that law was a testimony of who God is. But B says to reveal man's real condition and the need for redemption. So on one side we see who God is, but then on the other side we realize, whoa, you read the law and you realize who we are not. And Romans 3.20, I think we should all read this. Okay, ready? Go. Okay, you know what God really wanted them to realize? As they read the law, his intention is that they would realize they're fallen and they're far away from God. And they'd realize that as sinful and corrupt as they were, there was no possible way for them to please God. You know, we had a, a brother during the college conference that gave a testimony that touched me so much. He was reading the book of Matthew and he started reading Matthew and then he came to Matthew 5, 6, and 7. And you know, if you read Matthew 5, 6, and 7, you realize, whoa, I can't do this. And he, he read that and he started weeping because he realized, I'm not this way, I can't be like this. And he actually repented right there and got saved reading Matthew 5, 6, and 7. You know what, through the law is their clear knowledge of sin. We get to realize what our real condition is before God. And when we realize that, what it should cause us to do is repent and receive his redemption. And when you receive his redemption, you know what that comes with? Just like we read at the beginning, it comes with blood. And you know what that blood does? That blood brings you into the presence of God. And when you're brought in the presence of God, you're infused with God and you become a living testimony. So now you're starting to see why there's an altar. 
there's, you know, 12 pillars, there's blood, there's offering, because God's intention is that when that law is decreed, we would realize, whoa, I'm not like this. I don't measure up to this at all. I need to repent. I need redemption. And I need to be infused with what God is so that I can be a living testimony of God. Then it begins to make sense why there's all these things there in the beginning in the enactment of the law. And with Moses, if you look at, at point four there, it says the redeeming blood, let's all read it together. The redeeming blood. God. And you know, Moses typifies all the children of Israel. And uh, he was sinful, he was fallen, he was corrupt, just like all the children of Israel. But through the blood, he was ushered into the presence of God. And when he came out of the presence of God, his face was shining. And he became a living testimony. So let's all, let's read 28 and 29, Exodus. This is a kind of, He's a type for all of us, what we need to do when we realize our condition. So uh, could we, re how about the girls read 28, the guys 29, ready, go. And... So by virtue of the blood, by the virtue of the redemption, he was in Jehovah's presence 40 days and 40 nights. Okay, Brothers 29. He came out of God's presence shining. You know what God wants? He wants us to be a people, realize I'm fallen, I need the blood, I need to enter into God's presence, and by entering into God's presence, there'll be a testimony there. So I need to do a, a little illustration now. Uh, I need two volunteers, so I think maybe Jarek and Elvin, could y'all come up? Yeah. Jarek and Elvin, come on up, Jarek and Elvin. Okay. Okay, come on up here, right up to the top here. Okay, Jarek, you come over here. Elvin, you're here. Okay, so we have two different people here. This guy right here, he's a law keeper. Okay, this guy right here, he realizes he's a failure. He needs the Lord's redemption. So, you know, we get a law here, okay? Let's just pick a law from the Ten Commandments. Thou shalt not bear false witness. So this one here, he hears that word. Okay, come on. There you go. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Go ahead. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> okay, and so he hears the law. He says, I'm going to do it. I'm not lying. Okay, this one over here, he hears that. Okay, thou shalt not bear false witness. And his, his thought is, oh, oh, I just lied to my mother this morning. You know, I, 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 that's all I do is I'm a lie factory. I don't know how I'm ever gonna keep that law. Okay, all right, so you know what happens? This one here realizes 
He needs redemption. He needs the Lord's blood and he needs to get into God's presence. So this one comes in to God's presence here. Come back here. Okay, and he's there in God's presence. Put it on, on, right uh, around. Uh. <laughs> and he's just enjoying God in God's presence. And you know what? He comes out with a little shining. He comes out with a little shining there. You know, it's a little, it's not a lot, but he, he, there's something of God that's been infused into him. Okay, this one over here, and I just want you to get the picture. He has a failure. He tells a lie. You know what he does when he has that failure? I'm going to try harder. I blew it. That's right. I told a lie, but from this day on, I'm not telling lies anymore, right? No more. No more. Okay? So he just gets even stronger. I'm not going to tell a lie. Okay? So then we come to another um, law. Thou shalt honor thy father and mother. And this one here, he's a good boy. <laughs> Always what daddy tells him to do, he does. What mama tells him to do, he's, he honors, right? Yeah. You're a good boy. You honor your mommy and dad, right? Yeah. This one here, scoundrel. This one here, you have trouble, don't you, honoring your father and mother? A lot of trouble. A lot of trouble, right? A lot of trouble. And then he realizes, Lord, I can't honor my mom and dad. I can't. <laughs> And he says, I need redemption. So he comes back here. Okay, he, he needs redemption. Put it around you. And he's there in the presence of God. And he comes out and there's more shining. Okay, there's more shining here. Okay, this one here, again, he has a failure. He can't honor his mom and dad. What does he do? That's okay, I'm going to try harder. See, what the law does is it causes you to try harder every time you fail. But what, 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 what the Lord really wants, not for us to try harder, but to realize, Lord, that's right. I'm a sinner. That's right, Lord. I agree with this. Lord, I need your redemption. I need to be brought into your presence. I need your infusion. Okay, so let, let's get another law here. Okay. Okay, here's the law. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. So this one here, he sees the neighbor's, you know, you know, driveway needs to be swept. He goes and sweeps the neighbor's driveway. He is a good neighbor, you know. And uh, this one here, he sees, you know, he sees the neighbor's driveway needs to be swept, and he's just like, why is that guy so dirty? And, and, and he, doesn't, he doesn't love his neighbor at all, and then he realizes, oh. <laughs> what, what, you ready to go get Yeah, I need my redemption. Yeah, you need redemption. Come on, let's go. <laughs> okay, and so he gets in the Lord's presence, and then... <laughs> Okay, this one here is just shining, just shining. Wait, wait, we're losing some of the shining there. Okay, good. This one here, every time he has a failure, what is happening? He realizes, I need redemption. I need God's presence. I need to be in God's presence. And he, his whole life, he goes back 
to God every time. And what is the result of him going back to God and being one with God? God is infused into him, and he becomes a living testimony of God. This one right here, where is God in this whole equation over here? God's not even in the equation. He doesn't even feel the need for God. He's just in the realm of, I can do it. Brothers, this is not God's intention in giving the law. I really want you to see it. God's intention is that through the law is knowledge of sin and that we would realize, Lord, I'm a sinner. Lord, I need you to redeem me. I need to be in your presence. That blood, the blood of the covenant, would bring us into God's presence and we would become a living testimony. Okay, anybody? Okay, that's good. Thank you. All right. You got the idea. Okay, now, if you could look at the last Roman numeral on the sheet there, we won't cover the high priest because I want to make sure you have time in the groups there. But the last Roman numeral, let's read it together. Ready? Go. And here's what's so interesting. Listen, in the New Testament, it also was decreed or established by the blood. And look at Luke 22. Let's all read it. Ready? Go. So the new covenant was also established in his blood. Here's the difference. The difference is in the new covenant, not only we as believers can enter into God's presence, we enter into God himself. That's number one. And number two, God enters into us. You know, as much as Moses stayed there for 40 days and 40 nights, there was an infusion on his skin and his skin shone, but it was a fading glory. Eventually, you came back two, three, four months later, there wouldn't be any of that shining anymore. But with us, something within begins to change within, and we become a living testimony of God. So we're brought into God, and God is brought into us. And that's why I love these, these uh, things that the blood does for us in the New Covenant. How about sisters? Let's read A. Ready? Go. Okay, and then read the verse. Do you want the tree of life? Yeah. Wash your robes. Wash your robes. Okay, brothers, could we read B and the two verses? Ready, go. Amen. So they washed their robes, they made them white in the blood of the lamb. And what did the lamb in the midst of the throne do? He shepherded them and guided them to springs of waters of life. You know what that blood does? Causes us to eat and causes us to drink, causes us to enjoy. Okay, then see, let's all read see together. Ready, go. Okay, let's read the verse. Okay, you know, you might read this, you might think, oh, okay, that's nice, we enter the Holy of Holies. You have to realize how big this is to enter the Holy of Holies. In the Old Testament, one man, once a year, could go through that veil into the Holy of Holies. And of course, it was not without blood. He had to have blood. 
but one man once a year. When Jesus died on the cross, the veil in the temple was rent from the top to the bottom, and it signified that the way into the Holy of Holies was open to all of mankind. If we would just take the blood, realize I'm a sinner, and we take the blood and we apply the blood, we have boldness to enter the Holy of Holies. What do you think your boldness is? You know, many young people think their boldness is they had a good day. They didn't sin today. You are a nice girl today, so you have boldness to enter the Holy of Holies. Not so. Let me tell you something. Your boldness will be today, tomorrow, and for eternity. Your boldness will be the blood of Jesus. That is our boldness to enter into the Holy of Holies. And in the Holy of Holies, what was there? God's presence was in the Holy of Holies. Okay, then D, let's all read that together. Ready, go. Okay, Romans 8, 4, go. Eventually, we come all the way back to the law again. The righteous requirement of the law, it actually might be fulfilled. There's a living testimony in people, but these people don't walk according to the flesh. Remember, the flesh cannot keep the law of God. But according to the Spirit, as we live in the Spirit, there is a way for us to fulfill the righteous requirement of the law and be a living testimony. So I, I hope that you see these two intentions tonight. Number one, man's intention, which is a misguided intention, is all that Jehovah has said we will do. That's misguided. And what it does, as you saw in the illustration there, it keeps man from God. You could just pick up that, that thought. You know, it seems noble, okay, we read this, okay, I'm not gonna do this anymore, it seems noble, but in reality, every time you live in that realm, you're kept from God. And then you see God's intention is to see, number one, who He is, and number two, to see who we are, and when you realize who we are, you realize, I need redemption. I need the blood, I need God's presence, I need the infusion of God. And by living a life constantly, coming back to God again and again, the decree of the law will be fulfilled. There will be 12 pillars there, expressing God and testifying of God. Okay, we stopped a little early. I thought this might be a little shorter tonight, but if you got the, you got the impression that I wanted you to get, I'm very happy. And we have a good section on the back of your sheet there. And I think what we'll do now is we'll go ahead and break up into groups and, uh, and, and read through it. And then I think we can have some really good sharing afterwards. I mean, if we, if we come back at, let's say, oh, almost seven past, I think there should be a good time. And let me just say this for those that uh, don't typically share. We need to hear from you because it helps to bring vitality and richness into the meeting. You know, when you make a salad, uh, what type of different things do you put on your salad? Okay, sisters, what, what do you have? Name some things you like to put on your salad. Tomatoes. Tomatoes. Bacon, Bacon bits. Oh, who said cranberries? Cranberries, okay. Cucumber. Cucumber. Strawberries. Okay, let me tell you, you might, you might think, I don't have much. You got a strawberry. You know, you got a cranberry, you know, you have, some people like to put some type of nut on it or something yeah. like that. Okay, we need all the portions. And so if you, are you afraid like, 
boy, I don't know if I can say anything. Just read something from the sheet and say, this really touched me. You just, you just, take, just take a little bit at a time. Okay, we'll go ahead and break up now.